Welcome to the Empower Hour. We bring empower to the people because the people have the power. This squad's going to entertain, enlighten, and empower y'all. I'm Queen Kaya, joined by Pharaoh Hammond Freeman and Gina the Great. But before we do anything else, like always, we're going to bless this show and our kings and queens listening. We have an awesome day today, guys, because we have a bunch of um, politicians with us. Yeah, we have a special show today. Today is yeah. Meet the Candidates show with the Empower Hour, guys. Halima Touba from the Green Party. Hilal Pilavsky from the uh, Quebec Solidaire. Carmel Antoine Bessard from Conservative Party. Christina Eyangos from Liberal Quebec. And Keaton Clark from Block MTL. So, guys, as you guys know, elections is right around the corner. October 3rd. So this is, and actually, shoot, today, if you're listening on, uh, you're, you're with us live, you can go pre-vote today and tomorrow. I think I will go pre-vote just to get the, just to get it done, quick, fast, in a hurry. But um, guys, this is the Empower Hour and the OFC just doing what we can to educate you all. If you have questions for the candidates, send them in if, you, if, if you're tuning in live. Um, we're going to be going in. They're going to be joining us. It's going to be an amazing, amazing segment. Um, and we're looking forward to it. So stay tuned after this break. Let's take a quick positive cause just to shout out our homegirls, Kemba and Andrea from Keen Real Estate Group. Whenever you're thinking real estate, whenever you're thinking investments, whenever you're thinking about planning for the long term, think Keen Real Estate Group. They're generating wealth for generations. KeenGroup.ca. If your goal is to purchase a car and to make the process as simple as possible, just get a car broker, guys. You just get a car broker. Big shout out to our homeboy, Hamsdale Jacques, the owner of HJCoutierAuto.com. That's H-J-C-O-U-R-T-I-E-R-A-U-T-O.com. If you're a small to medium-sized business and you're getting started and you're ready to go to that next level, what do you need? You need a phone line and you need a website. Think Mainstream Digicom. They got all your telecommunication needs checked mainstreamdigicom.com you're trying to get out on the web you're trying to understand how to navigate through ads check out java logics for all your marketing your digital marketing where would we be without preston i don't even know check out java logics i give thanks to preston for what he's done for the ofc the amount of positive reviews we've gotten from all his referrals we're proud to stand behind his work check out javalogics.com no, it's not just because he's my brother. It's because you can't talk hip-hop in Montreal without saying M-City Solo. Guys, check out his latest project, In My Feels, available on mcitysolo.com. If it's not one of the, the hardest new EPs to hit Montreal, come and let me know. You already know. It's your boy, Farrell, big enough, mcitysolo.com. Keeping the culture alive. I gotta give thanks to West Can Folk Performing Company. For the last 40 years plus, they've been promoting our culture through song, drum, and dance. Educating youth, the children, the seniors. Just check them out. WestCanFolk.com Girl, what are you cooking? My curry chicken. Ooh, you're burning it. Oh, gosh, it looks so... <laughs> It's okay, girl. You need the Curry House. They have the best Caribbean food in town. Two locations in Montreal, West Island and Cotonège. For more information, follow Caribbean Curry House MTL. 
don't forget to mention the Empower Hour for your 10% discount. So, who placed in the order? Me. <laughs> DeVito, WizKid, Burner Boy. Those are just some of the big names that's blessed Montreal thanks to Afrobeats Montreal. Definitely check out Afrobeats MTL for all concerts, show listings, everything that has to do with Afrobeats in the city. Check out Afrobeats MTL. One full circle. We are the Melanin Community Resource Hub and Network. What does that mean? We're here for each other. Parlay with, with the, the people. people. Parlay with the 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 people, y'all. Again, I want to thank you all. So this is the Empower Hour. And this segment that you guys are on is called Parlay with the People. Um, and this is our opportunity that we've created just for the community to get to understand more about what the parties are about. Understanding today, the 25th, is the pre-voting date. So as you guys know, today is the day. If you want to go vote, vote early, you can go do it from now, today, tomorrow. Um, so it's just creating an opportunity for you all to get a better understanding of what the parties are bringing. Um, and to get an opportunity just to meet our can meet some of the candidates who are representing. So I'll go in just from what I how we see it on our screen. I'll do that from left to right. Okay, and so if we'll, we'll keep an eye on the time. So each person has about six minutes to introduce. So as, as the time is running, I'll give you guys a little wave, um, just so you guys know, just so we can respect everybody's time and everyone has an opportunity to speak. We'll bang it out. So uh, Madam Carmel, Antoine Bessal, the floor is yours. We're giving you the, the, we're seeing the floor early and you're on mute right now. So you could unmute and you could go ahead. So good morning to all. So Carmel Antoine Bessal, also known as Maimel, and you know me as Maimel because I am a member of OFC. So nothing new, okay, you know me. And if you didn't, it means that you weren't part of OFC. So that, let that sink in. Now I'm going hard, on est en vote par anticipation, okay? <laughs> so I'm at the circonscription de Bourassa Sauvé. This is approximately, approximately we would say 95% is Montréal Nord. And we know the issues of Morana. What is the link between us and OFC? You understand that a quarter, a quarter of our population is, let's say, black. Okay. So when we're talking about history month, we're talking to about black history month, Morana. So why does Carmel Antoine Bessard, who an engineer who, who writes books? And my books are progressive. My books are really in sync about what we call inter intersectionality, and uh, you know, being a black woman in our in our society. Why would she go to Parti Conservateur du Québec? Very simple. There's no exclusivity because my rights as an individual is very important, and this is how we see the merge of two not two ways of thinking, but me as an example, as being me, a black woman, being able to go with Le Parti Conservateur du Québec and Libre Chez Nous. And I had no choice to, to take this party. And I want black people to be, be very uh, mindful about what is going on. I'm gonna say there's fake friends and there are real allies. Where were the oppositions? Where were the government, when they were forcing things on us, where were our leaders? 
The only person who stood up was Eric Duhem, du Parti conservateur du Québec. He might not be perfect, but let me tell you, he defended a lot of us at Bourassa Sauvé. Because you do understand, in my area, we are the one who were questioning the government, which the opposition didn't question nothing at all. We are used, used in Bourassa Sauvé, Montréal Nord, to vote a certain way. But this is what we see about love not being in both direction. I won't name the party because when it was time to defend us, you were nowhere around us. And we will not forget. La devise du Québec, c'est je me souviens. We have to be very mindful on how we're going to vote starting of today. And another member of our group, OFC, One Full Circle, Tammy Tuesday, really had a nice breakdown on how we should vote and the vote is Parti Conservateur du Québec. That's one thing. And that's the national level. Of course, there is the local level. I am involved in my community. Do you know that for all the debate that we had lo locally in Montréal Nord, the cat never show up, never. And I'm sure she's not even there. I, I would, it would surprise me if La CAC even show up her face or his face, whatever. So you already know that's a big X. Bingo, X. Vous prenez les X pour La CAC. Merci, bonjour, out. Je ne ferai pas dans la dentelle. Because I'm pissed. For two years, there has people have taken us for granted. Now it's about time that you show your power. To, to, to show, do you want, do you love being abused? Or you want to take back your power and you're taking, you're going in another way. We, we have one, one more sister minute. Uh, one more minute, sister. <laughs> so we have all this, but of course, you, we want you to have more money in your pockets and that we can offer it, we can deliver it. That's not a problem. About rent, about logement, we can deliver. We think, we think differently from the others, but we think differently that we do not forget nobody. About santé mentale. Dans le premier mandat, les premiers 100 jours, we're going to do something about santé mentale. And moreover, for our youth that we sacrifice. But we sacrifice to the elders. And we are the one who are pushing for a commission d'enquête to what happened to our grandparents. A lot of people, I won't say blood, but close to that, are complices. Vous êtes complices de ce qui s'est passé avec la CAQ. Et je vois le PLQ, je vois Québec solidaire. Vous êtes complices. Vous n'avez rien fait. Vous avez dormi au gaz. And I'm going in. Et à Montréal-Nord, on va se souvenir de ça. Mais you might have money. You might have all the power. But you don't have conviction. Je vous regarde dans les yeux, and this is how I was debating against your colleague Abourassa Sauvé et Montréal Nord. We will not forget. You have let the black people from Montréal Nord and all over the island, you let us down. And having word, racist systemic, tout ça, I wrote about that. I'm the one who gave, me, gave you those concepts for you to talk about. 
That doesn't mean that I do not respect my right. And when I don't want somebody to push something in my body, I have the right to say, no, you didn't do nothing. You didn't say nothing. I'm going to end it there. Vote Parti Conservateur du Québec. Allez voter maintenant par anticipation. Merci. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Mayamel. Thank you, Kamal, for the passion and for, for, your, for, your, for your presentation. We're going to keep it moving. So we'll go as I'm seeing them on my screen. Um, so next, I'll invite Sister Halal Palvachi uh, uh, from the Quebec uh, Solidaire. Welcome. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yes, my name is Hilal Pilavje. I'm candidate for Quebec Solidaire in Darcy McGee. Uh, I'm really here just to talk about our platform and answer your questions. Uh, whatever you have as a question, I'm open. I'm willing to have the discussion. Um, and I'm going to be very frank today and just direct. I don't want to like, you know, use all the lines we always hear in the media. And I want to be direct about what I think and what the party is proposing. So everybody can choose based on their values and what they think about. So why I'm doing this is because I really genuinely believe in social justice in all its forms. And I'm proud to say that Quebec Solidaire is the only party in the decades that have passed that truly wants to attack the root of systemic poverty and disenfranchisement. Um, people have been kept in poverty situations because we've had politicians and Darcy McGee, it's a liberal party for now over 40 years who have constantly taken people over there for granted and who've never attacked the situations that put them in a disenfranchisement state and keeps them in poverty. We're talking here about housing. We're talking about public services. We're talking about education. We're talking about access to healthcare. Um, so Quebec Solidaire wants to attack the housing crisis. We don't believe that giving checks to private owners will create a better situation for people who are newcomers and who are in a poverty situation for years at this point. We need to control the rent. We need to stop rent evictions. We need to provide social housing and public housing. We need to make sure people are aware what the rent before them was being paid. Our housing plan is complete and I'm super proud of it. It's the one thing that everybody in the milieu, um, the housing milieu agree. It's, it's a complete plan. It's the only way to stop um, gentrification and to stop people from always having to stay in homes that are riddled with roaches, with syringes, and anything you want. It's the case in my writing. Some people have really been put in a poverty situation and are still in the case. I grew up there and some things have literally not changed for now 25 years. Uh, we want to make sure people have access to subsidized kindergartens because it's the only way you can make sure people who have kids at home are able to go back to work. It's always the women. It's always the new immigrants that always have to stay home. And I go door to door. I see people with two, three children in their arms and who have no access to subsidized kindergartens. Our goal is to put up 37,000 places and to make sure asylum seekers have access to subsidized kindergartens. They don't currently. Our education system is strongly segregated. It's the worst one in Canada. It's one of three speeds that we say you have money you can send your kid to the private if you have a kid that's able to perform you can send them to international programs and if you're like the rest of us then you're stuck in a system that's always underfunded and that has no love given to it and people are in the statistics it shows are not able to go to university and other places in lives and have not the same opportunities as everyone else i believe in creating equal opportunity for everyone no matter who you are where you come from and we're also talking about access to healthcare. If you're poor, you don't go to the dentist. If you're poor, you don't have access to psychologists. Even medication costs money. You know, you don't have no access to nutritionists, occupational therapists, social workers. All of these services have been cut systemically by the Liberal Party, the Parti Québécois, and now the CAC. And I believe in bringing that money back into a healthcare system that works for everybody, 
No matter who you are, we're bringing universal dental care for everybody, no matter what your age is. We're uh, hiring 900 psychologists, 1,000 uh, social workers in the uh, public sector, so you don't have to spend money to go to get help. Um, we want to create uh, PharmaCare, which is going to be, uh, PharmaQuébec is a société d'état that's going to be uh, making medication, R&D, and distributing it for everybody so it's cheaper and more accessible. And the CLSCs will be open 24-7 for everybody to have access to it and to have access to services that you usually have to pay for, which is physio or massage or whatever you name it. And so that's the goal in Quebec Solidaire. I can't not talk about climate justice. Climate justice we see is one of racial justice, not sud in the world, all around the world. 30 million people have been displaced last week in Pakistan. 1,500 people have been killed. 1.6 billion million buildings have been destroyed. A third of the country was underwater last week. We're talking about inequality that's going to emerge because climate crisis is at the door. Right now, we see images in Ile de la Madeleine and Gaspésie of homes being destroyed. We're hearing about all these horrors. Somebody died last week ago, last week in Quebec because of the heavy rains we had, historic heavy rains. If we don't attack the problem now, it's the last mandate we have to change the direction towards climate change situation. If we act in four years, we will not attain our goals for 2030 when it comes to diminution of greenhouse gases emissions. We have a plan with 62 measures that has been modelized by the same firm as the government to make sure that the plan is applicable and really attacks the root at the problem at its root. Climate change needs to be addressed adequately and we're the only political party who has a plan that's up to the level expected by the, the experts around the world. And I'm so proud to talk about it today. If you have questions, I've read it many times and I can answer your questions. Thank you so much for having me. Amazing, thank you. I, I was about to give you a one minute warning, but you you hit it, bang on, good job. <laughs> good job, thank you very much, a great presentation. I have a couple of questions for you after the fact as well, so that's great, thank you. All right, so let's go next to Christina from the Parti Libéral de Québec. Thank you for joining us, sister. Well, good morning. What a <laughs> well, I'm very, very happy um, to be here to represent my party. Um, it's uh, an honor, and I'm really happy to share the stage with my <laughs> fellow colleagues. Um, it has been fun listening to some of you guys. I first of all, I want to say that um, I think it's it worth the risk. I respect every single one of you guys. I think it's a huge sacrifice each and every one of us does to put the face publicly to be a politician to come out and want to represent um, a part like writing or want to do their best to better Quebec. Um, so that first I can, I want to send this message to all of you guys, my respect to each and, and every one of you. Um, regarding the parties, um, I think that we should, the first thing that's dangerous that I, I believe it's make people or try to build, um, create fear in people and man use one issue to manipulate um, other things. And I can say this for the board parties who came before me, that they're trying to create anxiety and fear in people and anger, I think, for, I mean, which can be rightfully so for them. But then again, it's the fact that things are not put into perspectives here. Um, and then we can argue about that. It's really not what I'm here for. I think um, the Liberal Party, well, not that I think, but the Liberal Party has 100 years of history and uh 
we we've done we've delivered we have a we have our little deliveries no one is perfect no party is perfect we're not saying that we've done 100% things but i hear some of the parties here with beautiful promises and we, it reminds me of the cac 4 years ago with the amazing promises and we are 4 years later zero nothing was done and uh, so i do think people should be very careful with people who come with these rainbow promises so we're going to fix this we're going to fix this oh these people failed these people failed before us we have the solution from god uh, well i i hope so it is from god and um, but i do think that we should be very careful with people who promise things like that um and they don't they don't measure what they're promising, or even if they do, it doesn't take into consideration many things that the manpower shortage. Where well, you're gonna get these people to do all these beautiful things you're announcing? Um, so I do invite every single people here hearing us to do their diligence and go and check what people are saying and be realistic and take that into consideration when voting or when deciding who you're going to vote for. Also two things, there's the party at the national level and their candidate at the local level. I do think it's important to make the difference and at least to take that into consideration when voting. People who vote for the candidate, they need to see how the person who aspire, who wants to represent them, I mean, what are their values, what how involved are they in the local community, not just huge, big national names, what they're doing every day, um, grassroots, and how um, I do think it's important to also take many things into consideration. When if, I, if we talk about vaccination, I mean, it's one thing, but when you, you're not in the position, it's easier to say, oh, they've, they haven't done this or they haven't done that, but okay, do you know what else, what other things were to take into consideration? You don't know that. And then the other things, nurses, Black nurses are from Haiti who were left out by the CAC government. It's thanks to Mr. Franz Benjamin, who is uh, someone from the Haitian community who came forward and fought against what the CAC was about to do. And Haiti was involved or were finally taking into consideration. So there are billions of other things that people obviously in their mission to gain votes and play on people's real problems, real insecurities, real um, difficulties on the day to day to gain vote, to create anxiety in them and to just per, just show any picture that they want that will advantage them obviously in their quest for votes so i do call on everyone to be very careful and to um also consider to learn about history and what what parties and local candidate present not just stick or on the national message but also focus on the values of the individuals that are running or trying to represent them at the National Assembly. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing. Appreciate the feedback. Next, we have our brother Keaton Clark from the Block Montreal. Welcome, my brother, again. Thank you for being with us. First of all, I'd like to thank you very much for the invitation. Oh. And um, uh, it's a pleasure to see so many other candidates here today knowing that uh, we have a broad spectrum of diverse individuals in Montreal, and of course, the province of Quebec, I'm happy to see that uh, our diversity is quite strong here today. Uh, Bloc Montreal as a party, as a new party compared to others, 
I know many others are talking about the past, what has done and who haven't done what. But we understand that Montreal is still, still has a great need. The need for Montreal to be uh, a much stronger physical economy within Quebec is really a vital part of our existence here within Quebec, knowing that Montreal has been the economic engine of Quebec for many, many years. And of course, the, the, the international metropolis for Quebec. So we, Mon Montreal, play a large and important part in the future development of Quebec. We as Bloc Montreal, looking at that fiscal uh, autonomy, where we can say, let's do better. We can do better. We, we, we know that the, the economic growth in, in Quebec comes through Montreal. We know the immigration systems is what it is today. It needs to be adjusted. It needs to look at how we can uh, improve our cultural landscape. We look at, we have to look in terms of the, of the, of the health, healthcare services as well, where it has depleted itself and, how, and, and put many of us as seniors and many of us in situations where we have to question the value of our services today. So there's a lot of things we need to look at. And we as Bloc Montreal, knowing that across Quebec, we do not have uh, the capacity to have candidates across Quebec. We focus basically in Montreal, we have Canada Laval, but in Montreal where we can say, okay, the change needs to be now. Let's make those changes. Those changes can come about where the, where the strength is, where the interest lies, where the international forums and businesses come to, which is Montreal. So we wanna highlight that Montreal matter. We matter here in Montreal, and we need to make sure that Quebec and the and 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 the leadership of Quebec is is you know uh, give much of the respect it deserves, and we're looking forward to be that voice to stand in the National Assembly of Quebec to speak on behalf of all Quebecers and making sure that we get what it is that we contribute more so than we do now, because our contribution to Quebec, as as many may know, it's. 56% of the GDP. We, we contribute $200 billion all the time, every year. So it's a question of you know, the return. We need to have a better and greater return so we can actually take care of the infrastructures. We can take care of the, the affordable housing situation that we have. We can take care of many of the issues that plague our, our communities. The, we, we know that the construction issues goes on. The cones are there every year. We know that the extension of the, of the SDM and, and the transit systems need, need to be done. So let's do that. We need more money, more help, more support from Quebec, from the, the Quebec National Assembly. Allow us, give us the opportunity to be there and speak. Speak on behalf of your issues. Speak up so we can be heard. All of us can be, be heard. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. I, I was making some notes while you're speaking, so I'm going to have some questions for you as well. So last but very far from least in this, uh, for this segment of uh, me meet our candidates before we go into the questions. And I see some there's some comments happening in the chat right now as well, which is awesome. You guys will have an opportunity to uh, to engage or everyone else could uh, hear what's happening. Um, last part from leave, Alex Terrell, thank you for being with us, brother. Thanks uh, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here filling in for my deputy leader, Hallie Matuba, who's uh, occupied with some last minute uh, childcare responsibilities. 
so my name is Alex Tyrrell. I've been the leader of the Green Party of Quebec uh, for just over nine years. And uh, under my leadership, the Green Party has adopted an eco-socialist uh, platform. So for us, eco-socialism means taking care of the environment, but also the population at the same time, making sure that we have quality public health care system that's accessible to everybody, regardless of income, uh, making sure that our schools are in good shape and that we have a social safety net in place in which nobody is left behind. We also have a very inclusive identity policy. We've always stood up against the Charter of Quebec values, against Bill 21, against Bill 96, and we've been an outspoken voice against systemic racism in Quebec politics and against right-wing nationalism, uh, which uh, is very divisive in Quebec politics, where we are constantly seeing the big parties targeting certain groups and trying to score political points. Um, our platform is uh, very, uh, you know, wide based. Uh, some people might think that the Green Party is only about the environment, but in fact, we have an 80 page platform that talks about really all of the issues in Quebec politics. Uh, so I'd like to talk about a, a few of those issues. One of the things facing people uh, nowadays is inflation. So a lot of people really having a hard time uh, making ends meet, uh, making their car payments, being able to afford groceries and paying their rent. And uh, you know, we have a number of policies before for this. So let's start with housing. Uh, you know, we're living in a time when so few people are able to afford to own their own apartments. And there's so many of us that are paying up to 50% or more of our income straight into the pockets of our landlords uh, through rent payments. And, you know, these uh, rent payments are being used to pay off the mortgages of the people who own these buildings. And at the Green Party of Quebec, we think that this is fundamentally unfair, that this idea that landlords can exploit the working class people in order to enrich themselves uh, is something that's unfair and should be considered illegitimate. So what we're proposing is to pass a law in the National Assembly that would say that uh, no individual or corporation is allowed to own more than 10 rental units. Everything that's above 10 rental units would be expropriated, would become the property of a new public corporation called Habitation Quebec. And the people who are living in the apartments would have two options. Either they could buy them for the price that the government would, had paid, which would be the pre-pandemic value, or they could continue to rent, but with option to buy. And so this way, uh, if you're living in a place for, for 10, 15 years, let's say, each time you make a rent payment, you retain some of that capital. And at the end of this 10 or 15 year period, you will own your apartment. Uh, you know, this is a way to give back, you know, to a whole generation of people for whom home ownership is completely uh, unrealistic. And it's a way of restricting capitalism. We need to restrict the role of capitalism within the housing market because it's really making things very difficult for people. We also wanna bring down uh, food prices by having more uh, local agriculture, by having uh, you know, greenhouses in every neighborhood of Quebec that are powered by hydroelectricity and that are run by the communities. In terms of transportation, we want free public transit for everybody. And we wanna expand every Metro uh, line that we have, and, including uh, creating the new pink line. Uh, we think that it's very important to give people positive incentives to reduce their greenhouse gas emissions, but also to help them make ends meet at the end of the month and to give people the, the freedom of mobility uh, to move around without having to pay, you know, uh, the, these absorbent uh, transit fares. Um, with respect to healthcare, obviously, everybody's been through a lot uh, with this uh, pandemic, you know, we've had uh, confinement, isolation, we've seen our hospitals be completely uh, overrun by sick people, we've had to put back surgeries because of the lack of capacity. And so this has been a very serious 
public health crisis, which merited some very serious responses from the government. But unfortunately, the responses that they've put forward have been, you know, limiting a lot of uh, personal freedoms. Uh, we've had different times when it's been illegal to have people come and visit you in your home, yet retail shopping has been open. I think this is completely illogical. Uh, sure, there was a need to put uh, certain measures in place to reduce the spread of the virus, to protect people, to save lives, to protect our healthcare system. Uh, but at the same time, we shouldn't have done it in such a pro-business way, and we should have taken better care of people's mental health and their ability to, to socialize and to see at least a few people uh, around them. There's a lot of parties that are proposing to privatize the healthcare system now, you know, to, to give our, our healthcare system to private corporations so they can profit on it. And these people tell us that this will make things better. This will solve all the problems. We just have to give it to private corporations and, and all the problems will be taken care of. The Green Party of Quebec, we're against that. We think that the healthcare system should remain under the control of the government. We think that if we give it away to corporations, they're going to want to take profits off it. They could start limiting access to care, could be only the richest people who get the fastest uh, treatment and the poor working class people will not have access. So we want to stand up for a public healthcare system. We don't want to compromise. We don't want to give this, in, this critical infrastructure to private corporations. The Green Party of Quebec is here to stand for the people to make sure that we're healthy, in good shape, and that we have a clean and livable environment. Thank you. This is awesome. And this is, a perp this is what we call our first round of just the introduction. Now we're going to get just this other half hour very quickly um, to, to ask some of the questions that we did get from the community. And the way I'll, I'll ask the question, this, the question I'm about to ask is for everybody. So if everybody could just take a minute or less to answer the questions, uh, we'll try to keep it very precise, concise, I should say. And we'll, we'll move forward like that. Certain questions are geared towards particular parties. So that might be the case. But also there's a lot of good comments I'm seeing going back and forth in the chat um, that I think certain points should be addressed. Um, but, you know, uh, in a respectful manner, I think it's important that we say that as well, that we're here to have a conversation to share I, oh, you, you have to run, Carmel. Thank you very much for all of you participating in that. It's my first time. It is hectic. It's crazy. There's some bad thing going on, but still, I respect the work you're doing. That doesn't mean I agree, but Parti, I, I'm talking to Parti Libéral du Québec. It's okay. <laughs> my work is to, to, to remove you. You haven't done nothing for you. For the others, you know what would be very great? It's one day we get to proportional uh, way of electing. So we would hear more of other all the, the, the perspective. But right now, there's somebody who's not present, and we all know that this person has to go. All right? That's cool. I have to go. I'm going at church to make a talk. Thank you. Thank you to all. Thank you, OFC member. All of you, good luck in uh, the rest of your campaign. Thank you so much, Green. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And if we get a chance, we'll, we'll read out some of the comments that she shared before in the in the chat. So the question that we had, the first question that we had for everybody. We were talking about that. It came up a, a, a few times about what the current party, how we have to get this current party out, uh, evidently. What has the current party done that specifically? What have they done that you would do differently? And what would you do with the same? So we'll kind of go in the same order and, and we'll start with Hilal. Let's hear your, your point of view on that. Yeah, the list is long. <laughs> but um, I think the one thing that really fueled my desire to, to go into politics was Bill 21. Um, my mom, she wears a hijab. And, you know, we've been here for, I'm 25. They've been here before me, so maybe 30 years. 
And, uh, you know, you get racist comments here and there, but around Bill 21 was a whole different situation. It was people asking her to take off her hijab in the middle of the street. It was people throwing hostile looks at her. And she, you know, she always felt sort of out of place here because the resources when it comes to learning French are none. So I, as a child, always had to bridge the gap between my parents and society. But that situation was the whole different ballpark. And I think that, you know, I'm proud of being a Quebecoise, but my pride rests in things that are opposed to what François Legault is proud of. And just the other day, I, I saw him proposing a measure to protéger nos églises, as he called it. And it was just A to Z. I was like, should I laugh? Should I cry? I don't understand. He was talking about secularity. He was pushing people around over it. And now look at what he's doing. Like, so just, I really don't stand for that. For me, inclusivity is fundamental. Um, you know, I'm doing politics because I feel for too long, some people are left out of political discussions around the table, important ones. Um, and by getting involved with Quebec Soldat, I realized that the CAC is doing a lot of things wrong, especially when it comes to um, our public services. So they did campaign over the fact that they wanted to cut by 5,000 people, the people who work for the government. And as they entered the pandemic, they realized by doing that, they would have butchered the system even further than what the liberals and the PQ did in the past, which would mean the services would be lacking even further, which to me is extremely worrying because we had people just leaving the healthcare system because they were like, I have to do 16 hours straight because there's a private company coming in and giving him the other people the best hours. So I have to work night shifts. I have to tell my children, I'm not going to see you another day this week. And I have to be on the ground. And sorry to cut you. Just, we, we want to try to keep your thoughts within a minute so we can get everybody, uh, everybody to be able to speak. And Fair enough. So if I wrap up, um, inclusivity and, uh, service public, public services. And I can appreciate that the list is long, but, as you said, what motivated you to kind of run and, and go go with that? What do you really feel that they did wrong that you want to come and and hopefully your party can rectify? Mm -hmm. Um. So, uh, Chris, Christina. Yes, absolutely. Um. So I, the one thing that I will agree with my colleague from Quebec, so there will be Bill Twenty One, which we voted against. Um. There's also Bill Ninety Six, which uh, Quebec so they voted for in favor of, which is a bill that is extremely divisive with English-speaking communities. Extremely, like this is dead wrong. <laughs> and then what they did with, uh, at Dawson College, um, the CAC who is imposing um, or wants to decide for families what CJP or university them, their children should go to, we think it's completely unacceptable. And uh, giving six months to newly arrived immigrants to learn French and integrate, we think it's completely, it's disrespectful, literally. And we voted against that bill, which goes way, way, way too far. Um, also, we have to well, my party will end TSO, which is a temps supplémentaire obligatoire for healthcare workers, so that they can, especially for women, uh, just like my colleague just said, it's important for women to, well, for everyone, uh, of course, whether they have families or not, to be at work, but also have some time for themselves, for to be just citizens, normal citizens, to strive. So we will end that, which is a mis a huge mistake currently in the health um, the health system. The other thing is the daycare, right? I think someone spoke about it earlier. Um, we will also make the um, uh, sub subsidized daycare for eight 
90s for everyone, whether you are citizen or not, or asylum seeker. Um, right now, the CAC is going to court to fight or remove that um, opportunity for women or for families because they're not Canadian. So we will cancel that as well. I think why we'll do the same. Sorry, the minute's up. I know it goes quick. It goes quick. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Christina. Okay. Brother Keaton? You want to repeat the question one more time? The, the question again is, what has the current party done that, that motivates you to, to run that you really were against and that you plan on rectifying? Well, uh, number one, there, there are many things, but specifically, um, I'll speak of Bill 96, 32, and 21. We understand that uh, when it comes to Bill 96 and the language issues, that uh, the CAC is taking it back, way back, 45 years then. We're talking about uh, Bill 101 that came out, uh, what, in 1977. Now, this is going back 45 years. Bill 96, as disruptive as it is, which doesn't make any sense to many of us, believe that it's really invasive. It's going into our own homes, it's going to our own privacy. And in terms of Bill 96, we're talking about that it's actually, it's, it's a distraction. It's a distraction from their, their, the direction of talking about, uh, uh, we're talking about sovereignty. We're talking about when the goes and talk about the, the cultures not on the same level. We're talking about division. We're talking about dividing our, our cultures. We're talking about dividing our people, the people of Quebec. So we're saying no. We're saying as a cultural, I'm sorry, one minute left? Yeah, the, the, the minute goes very quickly, I'm sorry. Okay, so let me just say that that in itself, we want to look at the change at the cultural landscape. We need to make sure we look at the Bill 121 uh, five years ago, open up the cultural landscape and look at what we need to do to protect the heritage of all those ethnocultural groups who actually built and have and made Quebec what it is. Thank you, my brother. Thank you so Thank much. You. All right. Ne okay, maybe next round we'll give you guys two minutes. But you still got one minute for this one. All right, Alex, the floor is yours. Uh... All right, thanks a lot. So uh, the Green Party of Quebec, if we were in uh, the position of Francois Legault, we would have, uh, you know, united people around a project for society, the project that takes into account the environment and social justice. Uh, Francois Legault has been, uh, you know, dividing people, as uh, several people mentioned before me, with Bill 96, with Bill 21, trying to separate people along linguistic, cultural, ethnic lines, uh, religious lines. Uh, this is not the kind of Quebec that uh, the Green Party of Quebec wants to contribute to. We want something much more inclusive, something that, you know, promotes uh, the environment and social justice, that unifies people around a common purpose and a common objective to take care of one another, to make sure that we have strong healthcare system, that make sure that we're taking care of the environment, that make sure that people have equal opportunity, that our schools are well financed, that people have access to education, people have access to be able to own their own homes and not have to work full-time jobs and still live in poverty. There's so many things that we can do in Quebec. We have so much wealth here that we can redistribute and the Green Party of Quebec would be going in a completely different direction than the CAC has taken us. Amazing, thank you. All right. Very, very good responses, everybody. Thank you for that. Um, so a question that we got from one of the viewers is, um, and this is for all candidates, um, what is your experience, training, or education that equips you to deal with anti-Black racism in Montreal, I guess, in the province of Quebec? Okay, and we'll, we'll, we'll stick with the same, um, same uh, order. And uh, if everybody's okay, still with, with keeping within the minute, 
we'll do that for now, just so we could get as many questions out as possible. So I can start then? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not black and I'm not going to pretend I know the reality of a black person. I'm not black. It's not complicated. I think if everybody understood that things would be way simpler, but people apparently don't. So usually my motto when it comes to, you know, immigration issues, indigenous issues, black people, I refer to the people in the party who are black and I expect them to share and understand their reality. I try to listen. Uh, we have candidates from the melanated community. I can drop the link for all of our team members if you want to check out a little bit of their profile and what they stand for. Um, all I can say is I grew up in a really diverse uh, place. Um, I think it's it's not necessarily something I'm proud of because I was exposed to a lot of different cultures, but it's also uh, at, a, at the root of it is a situation where we, we really segregate people in pockets when you're, you're racialized or you're black you can't really get out of the, the systemic poverty they put you in and the challenge is added when you're in that situation. So I was really exposed to diversity really young. And so for me, the, I was like 10 when I realized you just got to listen to what people are saying. It's not complicated. So that's that's what I would say. Okay, thank you. Good response. Next, Christina, yours. Uh, could you please just repeat the question? I think I just heard anti-black black. I just want to know the whole yes. thing. <laughs> so it's just it's not a problem. So the question is, what is your experience, training, or education that equips you to deal with anti-black racism in Quebec? Yeah, I was an intervention worker and a trainer at the Black Community Association of Côte d'Inej when I was working with a lot of families in the Black community, English-speaking community, and I was um, pertaining to specific, well, majorly but not exclusively with the child protection services and a bad show and things like that where there's a, a dozen of uh, institutional racism racism and uh, discrimination and i've worked in the system within the systems and i've developed partnership with non-black or white who became really like our allies within the system and i've worked in giving back black children to the families and building that cultural um, partnership with because we have to live together we have to have allies both in the white community or non-black community so that experience was extremely extremely was definitely a kicker for me and it, I'm definitely planning to use that in my political uh, journey and even citizenship journey and, and as a black woman in Montreal and in Quebec. Amazing thank you thank you for that all right but the Keaton floor is yours. Well, uh, let me just say straight up, I am black and uh, I'm from the Caribbean and I'm, uh, I'm considered the uh, uh, historic Anglophone as far as Legault and uh, the CAC is concerned. So in, in relations to that, my experiences uh, I, I, over the past year have been involved in political uh, you know, ventures in different parties. I've, I've experienced that, I've experienced institutional racism over, over a period of time. I work with a number of different organizations within Montreal, uh, you know, whether it's Black History Month and many others. So I'm aware of a lot of these racist uh, sentiments that people have, even going back to the civil rights, where now today there's a discussion on how to use the N-word and feeling that because of the civil rights movement, where all that was taken from, where Quebec now claims as part of the history, the nationalists can be part of the history, They're, they want to have that freedom to use the N-word as they wish, not recognizing the fact that history they're referring to were, were, were accumulated from the civil rights time where Quebec was going through its own trauma 
where we as blacks coming here, we had to face discrimination from both sides because we know the oppressors and the colonizers were on both sides for us. So we had to deal with both of them at the same time. So we didn't have to go, go south to learn how <laughs> we should deal with our situation. We had to deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. All right. So, so you guys see uh, now what, when I do this is because your minute is is up. Okay. So you guys, so, so you guys get the cue. Um, we have a we have an alarm that's going off on this side. So I'm not sure if you guys are hearing it, but I'll I'll give you guys your, your visual cue as well. Alex, the floor is yours. Perfect. Thank you. Very important uh, question. So myself, you know, I've been a frontline ally of Indigenous and Black communities. Uh, you know, I've gone out to support uh, land defenders blocking trains. I've been to the Wet'suwet'en uh, anti-pipeline protests and, uh, you know, stood in solidarity with anti-fracking protests also uh, by Indigenous nations in, in New Brunswick. Uh, Green Party of Quebec has been very outspoken against systemic racism. We've marched on the front lines uh, with Black Lives Matter. We're the only party that's calling uh, to both defund and disarm the police. We want to reduce the budget by 50%. We think that, you know, we always have these politicians that want to invest more and more and more in policing um, and, uh, you know, just has a knee-jerk response to any kind of violent thing that happens. Us, we want to invest in communities. We want to defund the police. Um, and I've, you know, I'm not from the black community, but I've lived a little bit of discrimination as an Anglophone here in Quebec. And I don't want to compare that by any means to the racism that many black people are, are facing. And, you know, what I hope to achieve as, as a white person in politics is to use my white privilege to advocate as strongly as possible against racism, against discrimination, against Islamophobia and all these sort of problems that we have uh, here in Quebec and in Quebec politics. I'd also like to point out that the Green Party of Quebec is running a very diverse slate with 40% uh, of people from visible minorities. We want to influence the debate. We want to build an inclusive Quebec and we want to fight systemic racism. And you can count on us as frontline allies. Amazing. Thank you, guys. And some good questions. We, this one specifically for the Liberal Party. Uh, you had mentioned that you're opposed to, to the Bill 96, but it was brought in by the Liberal Party. So we would like to just get an understanding of what happened there um, with that. Yeah, um, what I'm going to say is it's definitely not a disclaimer. Obviously, I'm, I'm new to the party, but from my understanding, the, the bill was initially to help protect French because the reality is French in the North American reality is the minority. But the reason why we voted against it's because the CAC was taking it way too far. Like I said, with putting extremely disrespectful, um, I don't know what the term is, I'm sorry, um, laws or, or paragraphs with the six months for newly arrived immigrants, uh, with the choice of university and CJ, this was not the point that at the at the start of the bill or the study of the bill 96. So that did, that was the separation point with the Liberal Party as far as we are concerned with Bill 96. We thought it was getting way too far out of hands and it was not really anymore about protecting French, but it was about div devising people, the English minority and the French minority in North American, but majority in Quebec. Clauses, thank you so much for uh, Hilal. So yeah, that was the, uh, I don't know if that, if I've answered the question, I like for the person to just follow up if it answered the question, but that is my understanding of what happened with that and why we 
kind of backtracked from that because we at the Liberal Party recognize the importance of French. And I do think when I worked as an intervention worker, a lot of English speaking black families told me that they wanted to learn French, they were interested, but we don't do that by aggressing or by insulting or mm -hmm. this is not how we get people interested in speaking or learning French. And this is why the Liberal Party was like, this is not how we want Bill, we wanted B96 to be or to be as a law or accepted socially. So that's why we backtracked it from that. Okay, well, th thank you. I guess it's hindsight, right? But right now it's it's, it's done a lot of damage, but okay. Well, <laughs> we will, we have another question that came from our from the community and Queen Kai is gonna ask it. So this question was particularly for Quebec Solidaire. They're asking, um, what does Quebec Solidaire bring to the table for Cote de Neige specifically? Mm -hmm. So that would go to you. Um, Hello. Hello. I'm happy to have that question. We have a video coming up specifically on Coutinage between me and our candidate Isabelle Leblanc from Montréal Outremont uh, on my Facebook page. Just write my name, you'll find it. Uh, it should drop at some point this week if you want to check it out. Um, so here's my analysis of the situation with Coutinage. Two writings have Coutinage in their territory, mine, Darcy McGee and Montréal Outremont. If I talk about Darcy McGee, I have Côte Saint-Luc, I have Hampstead, and I have a part of Côte Neige. And if I talk about Montréal-Outremont, they have Outremont, TMR, and a part of Côte Neige. Um, if anybody's familiar with the geography over there, that means we have two very comfortable and rich parts in the writing, and we have a small pocket of po poverty in both of the situations. And that small pocket of poverty is divided between politicians and is never really able to have one reference or one person to count on to defend their interests. Uh, we were really aware of this going into the situation because we were perplexed as to why the situation is not getting better there when all the policies are favoring the rest of the people in our writing. And the answer is really simple. It's, it's These lines are drawn in a very political manner. It's not a matter of, uh, it's not, it's like that because people who have power have taken the lines in the direction that favored them. It's not complicated. So me and Isabel, since the beginning of our campaign are really aware of this and all the policies we're putting forth and the stuff we're trying to talk about is to specifically target what makes that area constantly poor beyond the fact that the line divides the writings, but also uh, the policies that were put in place and the politicians that were there were for a really long time part of the government and had a say in how these policies were put in place but they never were able to attack the situations in Côte Neige. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you, all right. Another question that came in, um, I guess in this one, this one could be general um, for everybody because uh, everybody did mention, you know, inclusivity and um, uh, healthcare for all, uh, but yet when the uh, mandates were out and people were, uh, the unvaccinated community were giving those kind of, uh, privileges. Where do each one of you all stand when it comes to the unvaccinated community and the mandates? Should I start again? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, so it's not complicated. Um, we think that la santé publique, as we call it, is a body of the government that has been underfinanced for years. Their goal is to study populational health and try to propose policies to the government and understand what makes it so that any illness, it could be COVID, really anything, it could be the opioid crisis, uh, how do we target it with intelligent policies? 
Um, we believe that we have to reinvest in La Santé Publique. We have $250 million uh, every year in our platform to give that power back to them. And we believe that if they have the proper tools in hand, they can propose neutral and independent policies that really reflect the scientific consensus on what we have to do to protect the populations. And at the end, we saw a lot of like yo-yoing by the Santé Publique and everybody was confused as to where their independence lies. Um, and I think there was a loss of confiance, of, of, uh, of trust, and that we need to rebuild it by financing it adequately and then having an answer that's clear. Here's what the scientists say about vaccination, about this, about that. At the end, it was not clear what they based their decisions on to confine people once again, to impose this and that. And to me, that's, that's, it's, it's frightening because health is not a matter of politics. It should just be, it's science, that's it. So we need to finance it adequately. Okay, thank you. Next, Christina. Yes, thank you so much for the question. Um, I do think that um, the, the the priority, I wouldn't say that public health was the on the finance department of the government. I believe that the problem was the fact that they were making the head of such an institution part of a government. That's why there was the problem to begin with. So it is really to separate public health from any government and make it a true independent that way, not necessarily by putting more of taxpayers' money into that institution. I, I do think they're doing not so bad for themselves. Um, I, and I think that that will rebuild the trust. And uh, I also believe in individuals' right in freedom. And I do think that people should have, should have, in, should be informed and they can make their own decisions. And I do um, agree that at some part, um, the Liberal Party were or agreed with the CAC with vaccinations. I do think there's one thing that that's not out there. It's the fact that as an opposition, we were not allowed in the room where decisions were made. We were not part of the information that public health were put out there. So we were pretty much like all of you guys as an opposition, which is also a terrible way of governing when you don't want to be questioned, which was the position of the CAC. So we didn't have information. We did not. That's the reality. So that's my take on that. Okay, thank you. All right, Keaton. Yes, uh, that, that's an interesting question. Uh, it, it goes in many different directions, really, because the unvaccinated communities you know, we all have our rights. And when a blanket decision is made, uh, which in, in the first two uh, individual rights, it becomes a problem. And But when we look at the overall community, the population at large, we need to make sure we have measures in place to protect us all, you know, because we can't just rely on letting it be and letting it go. But specifically, uh, I think we should concentrate more on the healthcare services, where the frontline workers as such, what are the risks? What are the what are the possibility of, of them you know, transmitting it to others, their families, their homes? Look at the seniors' risk. The seniors' risk is quite high because when you look at the uh, the amount of death that, that took place in the seniors quite high. The lack of protection, the lack of care was quite high. Look at the marginalized communities, how they were affected. Because when it comes to healthcare service, when it comes to you know the medication that's needed, if one cannot, because economically you're marginalized, economically you cannot handle all these things. Therefore, when the COVID hits you and, and you're in a situation where uh, you know your health is, is, is at risk, therefore becomes more problematic. 
for those who need to need the help and support. So I'm saying that again, the un, the unvaccinated communities they have the individual rights, but the rights of all should be respected. Okay, thank you, Alex. Yeah, I think uh, with respect to the vaccines and the, and the vaccine passports, that certainly I think that things did go a little bit too far, you know, in terms of the confinement measures and that sort of thing. It was a political decisions to impose these things. I mean, I have a background in science and I know that scientists can, you know, come up with a variety of policies that they can propose, but it comes down to the politicians to choose what level of risk to the population are we willing to accept are we willing to uh, allow people to die because they don't have access to healthcare because it's overrun with COVID patients so that we can protect individual freedoms or not? So there's a balancing act to all of these things. And I think that, you know, one of the problems was that, uh, you know, the government was mismanaging the pandemic. Our hospitals were overrun. They had been underfunded. And, you know, instead of reinvesting in them and really correcting these systemic problems, which, by the way, are not quick to fix, uh, they instead pointed the finger at the unvaccinated people. And they said the unvaccinated people are the reason for all of this, you know. And I think that that went a little bit too far, it politicized it, it othered people. And, uh, you know, it is important to get vaccinated. I've been vaccinated four times myself. Um, but we also had these policies imposed at a time when, you know, we thought that, you uh, people would get two vaccines, they would never catch COVID again, and that this was the quickest way to get out of all these restrictions and all of these problems and everything was to get as many people vaccinated. Now, it turns out that, you know, the, you'd have to be vaccinated every year or twice per year, you know, so it's a completely different debate that we're having now compared to at the height of the pandemic and in 2021 when these vaccines were coming out. But ultimately, we do need to take care of the most vulnerable people. I don't think anybody enjoyed, you know, seeing all the seniors struggling in the the uh, CHSL LDs you know, dying in huge numbers and everything like that. People were afraid of what was happening. They demanded strong measures and not everything was perfect, uh, but it's, it is a difficult balancing act. Thank you guys. Wow, I think we, we've done a, a good one to tap and uh, we've gotten a good amount of questions that came in too, so that is awesome. So now, um, so as we're, as we're wrapping up, I wanna give everybody their two minutes just to give their final statements, right? Um, basically, clo closing arguments, whatever you want to call them. Um, but this is a, this is our last push for our community. As you guys know, today is the pre-voting, today and tomorrow, and then next week, October third, is the official voting date. Um, so again, in the same order, I want to give everybody an opportunity to um, to to give your closing statements. All right. Um, so I didn't get to address uh, Bill 96 and Quebec Solidaire's stance on it. I don't think I have time for it, unfortunately, but I think it's very important for people to have access to that information. If anybody listening has questions they want to ask me, I'm fully willing to even just phone you and explain it as, as well as I can. Everybody should go into voting knowing what they want and what they stand for. Um, I hope this was helpful regardless and that everybody is going to vote because we really have a democratic crisis right now in Quebec and everybody needs to go out and vote. I understand usually you might be, you know, disillusioned and all, but right now there's a really large offer of, of people who are running and have different views. So it's your chance to just go out and make your point heard. So please go vote. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, uh, what I'll say is division benefits the CAC. The fact weakening and disengaging the English speaking minority and the black minority benefits the CAC. This is what they want to give go even further with 
their agenda. I think we need to stick together. This plethora of offer will divide the vote and benefit the CAC and they will come back in. And we're gonna be even more derided, angry. This is why we, the Liberal Party, humbly asked for you guys to vote and give us a shot again because for the past two years we have been literally shut down at the national assembly even in the french media where the cac pretty much bought the media okay so right now it should be us against the cac okay so go and vote thank you amazing um, thank you. I'd like to thank, um, of course, OFC for this opportunity uh, for us all to be here and represent, uh, you know, our beliefs or our parties and uh, to stand firm on, on the changes that we believe that should take place. Uh, Bloc Montreal uh, is a, obviously it's a party, new party that wants to bring about the change, bring about change within Quebec, within Quebec, which also represents Montreal. Because Montreal, in a sense, as I said, Quebec has a fiscal re responsibility to Montreal for the, for the for, because a large amount of, of uh, uh, financial support that Quebec uh, Montreal gives to Quebec, specifically for me, I'm looking at the ethnocultural communities. I'm looking at the political landscape of who we are, and and that that land, the cultural landscape itself, because it's not about language. It language itself is a distraction. The, you know, Quebec and uh, the parties have many years of, of, of putting together ways that we can all learn and understand French. The system started 1977. The, the election of the PQ happened many, in 1976. So we had 45 years. Many people who were born then or came through then, I'm quite sure they've had the opportunity and they understand French fairly well. And also, don't forget that you know, uh, the Quebec the government over the years forced or in, insisted that people coming into Quebec were, would, would be French or from French uh, countries. So they are, they're fitting right away 100%. So what I'm saying to you is not about language. It's about who we are as a group of people, the cultural and ethnic cultural community that actually build and work Quebec. Our history denotes that. If we look way back in terms of we as Blacks, we are people, visible minorities, or today, you know, people of color. We have to make sure that our heritage stands, that when it comes to the movement of, of sovereignty, movement of all cultures on the same level, we are, who are we? We do matter. Let's make sure to let Keaton Clark block Quebec, block Montreal, sorry, block Montreal to the National Assembly so that we can represent Montreal to make sure that your voices are heard. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for that, Brother Keaton. And last but very far from these, Alex Tyrell, thank you. So uh, thank you to OFC for the opportunity to come and debate uh, some of these important issues facing people in this election. At the Green Party of Quebec, we're proposing a bold uh, platform for radical change within uh, Quebec society. Uh, we're talking about putting the environment first, making sure people are taken care of, investing in the public health care system, investing in education, making sure that people have equal opportunities. And there's so much work that we can do in the National Assembly. 
the Green Party of Quebec, we're running our 10th general election campaign. Uh, we're running 73 candidates across the province. And what's nice about the Green Party of Quebec is that we have the exact same discourse in Montreal and in the regions of Quebec. We're looking to bring everybody together. We're not looking to divide Montreal from the rest of Quebec or Quebec from Canada or anything like that. The Green Party of Quebec wants to unite people around a progressive platform, a, pro a, pro a, a platform for bold change in Quebec society in which everybody has equal chance, in which we can tackle systemic racism, we can overturn Bill 21, overturn Bill 96, make sure that people are living together and that we're taking care of one another. If you want things to change for the environment, if you want more social justice, if you want to defund the police, the Green Party of Quebec is the best party to vote for. We have candidates running everywhere in Montreal. Our goal is to influence the debate, to pull it more to the left, more to the environment, and also to offer a strong concrete alternative for people in a democratic system which is falling apart and which many, many people are turning off. Every citizen has the power to change things. Voting is one of the most important ways to express your political point of view. And I really encourage everybody to vote for a party, regardless of who it is. But of course, if you choose to vote for the Green Party, we'd be more than happy and honored to represent you in the National Assembly. Thank you. Wow. Guys, I want to give you guys a quick round of applause. I want to thank you guys um, for, for heeding to the call and for, and for coming out again. It is, we do find here at the Empower Hour and uh, within the OFC that it is really important um, to create these outlets for the community um, and to encourage our community to go out and vote. As we already know, a lot of the members from the community don't necessarily see the, see the value or they, 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 there's a sense of a disconnection. Um, so we're here to 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 reconnect, you know, and to create that opportunity. So I, I thank you guys again. Thank you guys for being a part of the Empower Hour uh, this morning. And it's going to rebroadcast, as you guys already know, Thursday morning on CKT 9.3 FM. Um, and thanks for being on our segment called Parley with the People. So again, wish you guys an amazing day and encouraging our community just to go out and vote. Kings and Queens, this was the Empower Hour with Pharaoh Freeman, Queen Kaya, and Gina the Great. We are on live every Sunday from 7 to 9 p.m. and broadcasting Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. on CKUT 90.3 FM. Hopefully you got your dose of entertainment, enlightenment, and empowerment. Subscribe and watch us on EmpowerMTL.com and email us at EmpowerMTL at gmail.com to anonymously be featured on our What's the T-Mail segment. Stay blessed, black, and highly favored. <laughs>